The painting on the wall obviously uh, connects to this. This is the Tree of Life by uh, the Austrian painter Gustav Klimt, who's very well known around the world. And he did this in 1909. And of course, the Tree of Life is uh, right at the center of the story of creation. It's also at the center of the story of Zacchaeus, if you read it in that way. And the story of Zacchaeus that we've taken to be often to be a very simple Sunday school kind of Bible story is nothing of the sort. For example, we're not going to go in this direction, but for example, the tree that Zacchaeus climbs is a fig tree. And the fig tree is one of the great symbols of the nation of Israel. So you could go in a whole bunch of different directions. But the most important thing to know about the story of Zacchaeus is that he was a tax collector. He was a chief tax collector and the gospel goes on to tell us he was rich, which is kind of redundant. It's like being a venture capitalist. Oh, and a rich one too. No, there aren't any other kinds. And of course, in the gospel of Luke, tax collectors and rich people come in for a beating from Jesus and from the disciples. To be rich and to be a tax collector is a, a significant problem. The tax collectors were despised by the Jews. You know the story. You've heard it all before. The Romans used a form of tax collection in which they empowered locals to collect the taxes for Rome for a number of different uh, reasons. And there has been some um, work that's been done to suggest that maybe a third of a peasant's income would go in various forms of tax, possibly even more. And that person would usually be a local in the colonised place where they were and uh, they would collect the money on behalf of Rome. They wouldn't be paid. They would make their income by exhorting more out of the population than the Romans required. So they weren't popular. Yeah, that sort of goes without saying too, isn't it? Not, like, not unlike... Um, those who are extracting the good uh, gas and other products out of the Australian landscape, selling them overseas and charging us a fortune just to turn the lights on. We're all in the same boat. But the problem is that tax collectors were not only despised by the Jews, they weren't Romans either. They were despised by the Romans because they were collaborators and you can't trust a collaborator even if, collaborator, even if they're collaborating with you. So Zacchaeus was neither Roman nor Jewish. He was despised by both. And so what? It's an interesting history lesson. But what does it matter to us? That was then, this is now, we don't do it that way anymore. What if we saw the tax collector and Zacchaeus as representing the kind of person who is divided deeply within themselves? The kind of person like you and I. The kind of person who recognises that our environment is going to the dogs, recognises that something needs to be done, but still drove here in a car and still takes a place in the world where we're using up resources at a rate that we can't afford. We're divided people. It's not as if we don't care about the environment, but we know that we're as much a problem as we are part of the solution. We're divided. We know the gap between our public life, the life we scrub up for on a Sunday morning, and our private life. 
how it's not always as interesting or as pleasant inside us. We know the gap between private life and public life when we look at domestic violence. The number of good husbands who look fine to the rest of us but are abusive in so many subtle, interesting and difficult ways to the people in their home and their domestic environments. The lives that we show our loved ones, yes, everything's fine. And the life we live inside that we're aware of at two o'clock in the morning on those nights we can't sleep. The epidemic of loneliness that we experience in our society is not the fact that there's not enough people around us. It's that no one knows who we are. One of my great uh, mentors used to say to to, uh, ask me and, and all the people he worked with, who knows what life is like for you? It's a very profound question. And if there's no one, then you're deeply lonely and you can't function fully as a human being. If you've got some people in life, and and really it'll only ever be a small number of people. Lots of people know me, lots of people know you. But who knows what life is actually like for you? If you're fortunate to have one person or more, seriously count yourself fortunate because so many of us don't. So where's Zacchaeus? We're deeply divided and we want to hide that. As Zacchaeus climbs the tree, he could be climbing it for a vantage point, but I reckon he's up there as camouflage. He doesn't want to be seen, and fair enough, he's despised. Nobody wants to see. You don't want to be caught in a crowd if you're one of the despised, do you? He's hiding his divided nature. He's hiding the fact that he's a split person. We can read verse 8 and the translation that we just heard sung to us and the translation in the song that Robin Mann wrote for us and the translation in a number of the English texts says, look, when Jesus invites himself to Zacchaeus' house, Zacchaeus says, look, half my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay it back four times as much. But a lot of other English translations have this because this is really difficult to understand in the Greek. Look, Lord, I, I give half of my goods to the poor. And if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I always restore it fourfold. The Greek isn't very clear. You can take it both ways and you can find English translations, well-tested that do but one and well-tested that do the other. In fact, the Greek isn't clear about a lot of things. The Greek's not clear, this is just an aside, About who's short? (laughs) Is it Zacchaeus or Jesus? Well, of course it can't be Jesus because Jesus is tall and buff and, you know, you know, at the beginning of body shaming. Who knows? The Greek isn't clear. Is the Greek not clear unintentionally? Like it's supposed to be clear who's the short one? Because you can climb a tree to see a short person because they're too short to see otherwise. Or you can be the short person climbing a tree. Or is the Greek intentionally unclear, inviting us deeper into the story? Because it's a story, and stories are supposed to be explored. So my exploration is, forget the, I will do this, but I already do this. I already give half of my goods to the poor. I already... Zacchaeus is justifying himself. 
He says, look, I'm a good Jew. I know, you know, the tax collecting. I know all of that. But I'm a good Jew. Look, I give half of my goods to the poor. I restore anyone that accuses me fourfold, four times as much. Just like the Pharisee in the previous chapter that we did a couple of weeks ago. The Pharisee and the tax collector who turn up at the temple. And the Pharisee says, I am glad, God, that I am not like other men. That I give a tenth, I fast twice a week. The requirement is only once a week. And I give a tenth of all that I have. Both of these men really mean it. They really mean for you to understand themselves, for, them, for you to understand them to be extraordinary people. And the Pharisees' prayer, of course, is very common. Um, there were prayers all the way through the Mishnah saying, God, I thank you that I am not like other women. There's a great one that says, God, I thank you that I was not born a woman. Fantastic, isn't it? It's wonderful stuff. You can see why the church has gotten so carried away with all of that. But they're overcompensating, aren't they? You know, you can see it in them. Why do you need to tell me how good you are? We meet people like this all the time. We do it all the time. We overcompensate. Zacchaeus is climbing the tree to hide. He needs a tree for camouflage. We camouflage ourselves all the time. We think we can hide from each other. We were having this conversation last night. I was at a Halloween party um, because it was Saturday and Halloween's not till Monday. I don't know. I was there anyway. And we were talking about how easy it is when you take a photograph, if you smile too much, for it to become a false smile. And how quickly we can pick out a false smile Nothing seems to be different, but it's all different, isn't it? We're so attuned to this. We think we can hide from each other, but it turns out we can't. And of course, we can't hide from God. We're like little children who do this, and they think you can't see them. It's really cute. But it's nonsense. So how does Jesus respond to this bloke who's camouflaging himself, this bloke who's divided so deeply in himself? How does Jesus respond to a person who hides from their community? The person who turns up to church and smiles at everyone, but nobody knows what it's like for them. The person who's constantly justifying himself or herself to everyone else and to themselves. What does Jesus do? Well, he says, I'm coming to your house. He doesn't require a sign of repentance. He doesn't require somebody to live a good moral life. Jesus doesn't require anything from Zacchaeus at all. It's Jesus who says, hurry down, Zacchaeus, for I must stay at your house today. Jesus is doing this even while Zacchaeus continues to justify himself. Well, I give half of my income to the poor and every time I is accused of defrauding someone, I just get on and on and on. Even in the middle of that, well, Zacchaeus is, Jesus is saying, come on, I'm coming to your place. Even in the middle of hiding ourselves, Jesus isn't waiting for an invitation. God never waits for an invitation. God is at the centre of who we are. Jesus says, I'm coming to your house. That's the home where you live, the centre of who you are, the deep part of who you are, where you really 
can't hide. You know, if somebody's coming around, we do tidy up, don't we? Try and make it look like we don't live like slobs. But we do, don't we? Everyone else does too, but we pretend we don't, so we tidy up and, God, I hope it looks okay. You know, put the whiskey away, do all those things to make everything look great. God comes right to the centre of who we are. And then Jesus says this, Today, salvation has come to this house, this home, this centre. Why? Well, Jesus adds that too. Because he too is the son of Abraham. What? Because what? Because he's the son of Abraham? Because he's a human being? How does he get salvation? Well, he stays alive. That's about it. He's not dead. He's got a beating heart. Check your pulse. Yep, salvation has come. It's that simple. It's that revolutionary. It's that horrible. Because surely it's got to rely on something that I do. Surely I've got to front up. Surely I've got to get better. Surely I've got to promise a whole bunch of... No. And Paul, in the letter to the Romans, it apparently doesn't even matter whether we're alive. What can separate us from the love of God? Not even death. You don't even have to be alive. You could be dead. And salvation still arrives. There's nothing that you have to do. Just be there. When we used to play hide and seek, what happens at the very end of the game? Do you remember? Come on, somebody, what do you say at the very end of the game if you're the one doing this seeking and everyone's hiding? What do you say when you've had enough? What? Home free, yeah. Did you ever to say "Olly Olly oxen free? No? What do you, people don't know how to play decent games. <laughs> Olly Olly oxen free. People have been saying it since the Middle Ages. No one's got a clue. I looked it all up on the internet. No one's got a clue what it means. But it was the traditional way that you ended a game. What it means is, what Rob says, you're home free. What do you have to do? Nothing. You're home free. That's the game. It's over. You don't have to hide anymore. That's the story of the gospel in the story of Zacchaeus. You don't have to hide up a tree. Now you can if you like. But what's the point? You're already home free. You're already welcome. You're already embraced by the love of God everywhere, always. That's the only point of turning up here on a Sunday morning, as far as I can figure out. Is to be reminded and to remind ourselves of something so audacious, so bizarre, that by the time I'm left here, pretty much forgotten it again. So I have to turn up daily and I have to turn up weekly for you lot to remind me that this is true for me. That's what we do here. We remind each other that we have been welcomed by God. We don't have to hide anymore. 